I don't want to worry about tomorrow. I want to trust God for today. And Jesus talked about this in Luke 12. Pick it up real fast, verse 22. Here we go. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not worry. That's pretty broad. That's like everything. And then he, and he kind of leans it down into specifics, and you got to know what these are because these give us the paradigm in which he's talking. He says, don't worry about what you will eat or about your body or what you will wear. Notice how he brings this into the arena of the consumables, the, the day-to-day choices. Every day we think about what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear. And, and this, is the, this is the context. He says, for isn't life more than food? And the body more than clothes, consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds? It's a good question. Who, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Who's ever been up all night worrying before and nothing changed, but now you're just tired? He says, since you cannot do this very little thing, notice this, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For when I watch this, for the pagan world runs after such things, and your father, everybody say father, your father knows that you need them, but seek his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased. I love the wording there. He is pleased to give you the kingdom, sell your possessions, give to the poor, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. Must be Louis Vuitton. (laughs) A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near, no no moth destroys. For For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says so much here. Now, let me give some context. Jesus lived in the tumultuous days and times of the first century world. He lived in a time in which literally, it was a day-by-day culture. You prepared food for the day, you worked for the day, it was a day's wage, it was a day's food supply, it was day-by-day for the most of the population. So when he said this idea of don't worry about these things, he's really transforming and changing their paradigm. His instruction to not worry came within the line of thought of an ancient Jewish principle they had been learning, and that is that each day was sanctified in and of itself. Therefore, Jesus is teaching them to praise God for the present and not to worry about the future. Now think about that for just a second. Praise God for the present and not to worry about the future. For many of us, When we face worry, we're we're planning way ahead or we're we're looking way down the line and we're failing to really take a second in the moment and say, God, thank you for all you've already done. 
Is there anybody here today that God has been good to you? Anybody here today that God has blessed you far beyond your own ability? Anybody here today that God woke you up this morning? Anybody here today, God gave you your last breath. Anybody here that God's helping you walk and talk and live and breathe. Anybody here today saved by the grace and mercy of God. Anybody here redeemed by the work of Christ upon the cross. There is so much to thank God for today. What if we just thanked him more often when worry begins to set in, stop the worry, stop the fret, stop the anxiety, and just put your hands to heaven and say, God, thank you for all you've done. You've been good to me. You've blessed me. increased me. I'm here because you. I have an eternal hope because of you. Everything I have is because your goodness in my life. In you I live, in you I breathe, in you I move, in you I have my being, oh God. What if we could turn our worry into praise? Listen, that scares the devil away. It strengthens your spiritual life, and it gives God his righteous due because he is truly worthy of the praise of his people today. He's worthy. And Jesus taught this. Jesus taught this principle that we want to exchange the pressure of today with the gratitude of today. Man, the sun came up today. God's on the throne today. Yes, life can be difficult. Yes, there can be something coming up this week. But don't let what's going to happen on Friday take away the joy of this moment you're in God's presence right now. Jesus taught this as a paradigm shift. Now, if you keep this in true context of the text, Jesus is talking to them, and he's connecting to them the idea that God is connected to their daily life. God is not just a God of my eternity. He's a God of my right now. God is not just going to be there when I die and go to heaven. God is in the present moment today. So if today is a challenge for you or a difficult time for you, no doubt, or a decision to make, no doubt, God is present in this moment. What he's saying is bring God into the day today. He is an ever-present help in the time of our troubles. When you look at this, Jesus is shaping the conversation to remind them that we address our worries by focusing and remembering the character of God. God's a good God. And this is why he kept saying, your father. We learned last week we have a good father. We, we learned that our father in heaven's a good dad. That he cares for his creation. He cares for his earth. He cares for his people because that's what a good father does. And we learned that in this process of identifying him as our father, that we're really making God very personal. Again, God is not just out there. He's in my day-to-day. And he's not just God of the world. He's my father personally. That that really transforms how we see the moments in time in life. We really start to understand that God is a personal God to us. And God cares about us out of relationship. In him, I am a son. In him, you may be a daughter. In him, we have an inheritance. In him, he is a good father to us. In him, all these things exist because he has adopted us into his family. And we talked to our father out of this awareness. Jesus also compared worry to that of the idol worshipers. Now, just don't, don't, don't lose, blow past that and lose, lose that idea. Jesus literally says that pagans, idol people, are the ones that worry. 
Now, now get your mind around that because that's a bold statement to make. That's a strong position today because I'm sure that when they heard this, they're like looking at him like, you calling us pagans? You calling us idol worshipers? Well, what he's saying to us here is when we really understand who God is and the character of God, who our father is, worry goes out the window. Let me give you an example. Um, you, ever, you ever been uh, running to your car in a parking lot while it was raining, and you, once you got in your car and the rain quit hitting you, you're like, oh, I'm finally here. And all of a sudden, the, the worry of the rain, the pressure of the life outside is gone because you're in the care or the protection of the car. If that works in the rain, how much more does God protection work in life? He's a good God. So Jesus is setting the tone here for them to focus on that worry is really part of our disconnect with God. It's how we got here in the first place. So when a Christ follower faces worry, when he faces stress, fear, anxiety, and the like, any of those things, what do we do? Well, we go to the Word of God. I want to take you for just a brief moment back to Genesis 3. I want to show you where all this came in. It says that the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God, as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, this is the time that they would walk with God. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called the man and said, where are you? Verse 10. He answered and said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. here we have the first experience in which mankind has a negative emotion, negative response, a separation from God, fear their circumstance, and fear for their own care and well-being. How do we get here? Sin. We distance from God. So we're going to put all this in the arena that we see in Genesis that our negative worries, our fears, our emotions, our anxiety, our stress are all part of the fallen nature of mankind. And in that dynamic, what's happening is man is now seeing himself outside of God's protection and provision and care, and that's what brings about the worries and stress of life. I'm going to say it to you this way, and let me give you some balancing perspective here. I'm a believer in the whole person. I believe that we are a three-part being, no doubt. And there are things we should pray for. There are things we should do counseling for. There are things that we can heal with through community, no doubt. I believe in all those things. But the ultimate reality is this, that all the negative, all the brokenness of this life is because of the sin and the fall of man. And that will go away one day in God's presence. Between here and there, we live in this world together. And we have the reality of this brokenness and difficulty and therefore, we have to decide where we're going to focus when worry hits our life. By the way, I'll just tell you this. This week, I've been building a sermon on the topic of worry. And can I tell you that almost the entire week, I've had to fight worry in my own head? Not last week, this week. Probably not next week. Hopefully not. But literally, the entire week, I've had to keep pulling things out of my head. Get rid of that. Throw that away. Move along. Rebuke that. Reject that. Think over here. Quote this verse. Sing this song. Pray about that. It's amazing how the devil knows right when to show up on the scene. Let me take you real fast to Philippians chapter 4. Jesus said, 
to trust God. Let's, look, let's see what Paul says. Let's throw this on the conversation too. Philippians 4, 9, or 4, 4 through 9. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Paul said, don't worry about anything. And then he said, instead, pray about everything. So here we have a perspective of an exchange. I can worry or I can pray. I can trust God or I can trust myself. Keep reading the text here. He says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has what done. Then you will experience, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we could understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, one final thing, he says, one, he's, one last thing. Watch this. He says, fix your thoughts. Everybody say, fix your thoughts. You can choose where your thoughts go. Don't ever let the enemy tell you that he controls your thought life. You control your thought life. And here's the formula behind it. Watch this. Fix your thoughts on whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. In other words, turn off your news. Close down your social media platforms. Get off of Twitter. Get off of Facebook. Get off of whatever else is out there. Think about things that are excellent, worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned, received from me, everything you heard, me see, uh, heard from me and saw me do. Then, everybody say then, then the God of peace will be what? With you. So Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So we're seeing it right here. There is an exchange. Worry is an exchange. Worry is taking God out and putting yourself in. In the Garden of Eden, when sin came in, they exchanged their peace with God for their self-sufficiency, and now they have fear come in, and they're distant from God because they chose themselves above God. So this is how this works. Scripture teaches us that we return back to God and we exchange with him our difficulty, our peace, our afflictions, our suffering, and more. And in that, we receive his peace. Who would like to have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding come in your life today? Put your hand up high. You know how you get there? You give all the cares to him. You give it all to him. You, you place it at his feet. But some of us, we place it, and then we go take it back. Like, here, God, I need you to take care of this. Oh, you're slow, God. I'll take it from here. When you give something to God, just leave it with him. Just tell yourself, God, I gave that to you two weeks ago. You better get to work on that, God. God, I gave that to you two years ago. God, I hope you haven't forgot that. I'm not touching it again. That's your problem, not mine now. See, we learn this. This is an exchange. And so scripture teaches this now. As part of God's kingdom, which this is what Christ offered to us, Christ offered his disciples and to us that so we could have his kingdom in exchange for our worries. In this exchange, we exchange our worry for trusting God. If you're going to have worry, you can't have trust too. 
I can't be in the car out of the rain and still getting wet by the rain in the car. I can't hold to God's unchanging hand in the dark of the night and then fear he's going to let me down. Because that doesn't agree with God's character. How many think God's a good God? How many think God keeps his promises? Absolutely. If I believe that, that means I have to practice that in the darkest parts of my journey. And that's why the Christian life is full of moments that are simply trust. The journey of life is unpredictable, but God is always faithful. He is. All right. Seven things real fast today. This is going to help you. First of all, when we sense worry, what do we do? First of all, we remember our Father in heaven is good. Not somebody else's God, my God. Not somebody else's dad, my dad. Personal. We have a good Father in heaven. His character is on the line when it comes to taking care of you and me. And he takes being a good father very serious. He keeps his promise. He keeps his word to you. He will take care of you. Secondly, quickly, we release anything we hold on to tightly. This life is filled with things that we hold on to way too tightly. You ever moved before and, and things went missing in the move? Yeah, anybody else? It's like you think you're just two boxes short somewhere. It's like there's a whole, honey, you seen, honey. <laughs> My wife and I, we, we moved here, uh, as you guys know, two years ago, uh, 2020, January. We moved in our house in February of 2020. And um, all stuff came in and we kept missing this mirror. I mean, how do you lose a mirror? And she's like, did you, did you pack it? I'm like, I know I packed it because we've had it for almost th 30 years. We've had it a long time. And it's got some meaning to it. And so we're trying to find this mirror and we can't find it in the house. And I'm in the basement looking for things. I'm picking stuff up. I'm going through boxes. She's like, well, did you, did you leave it at Chandler's when we moved from, when he moved? I mean, I'm like, honey, I just, I can't process it. I know I didn't just leave a mirror. And we're tearing our house apart. And wouldn't you know, it's hanging upstairs in one of the bedrooms. We looked for two weeks for a mirror that's hanging upstairs. We were worried about stuff. Listen, I'm not belittling the mirror, but honestly, it's a mirror. I, I gave you that to give you some laughter because how many things in this life do you hold on to way too tightly? They won't go with you when you die. Your, your estate will sell it for a whole lot less than you paid for it. And you're holding on to it for dear life. Let's loosen up our grip a little bit. Nothing in this life is that valuable compared to eternal life. Number three, quickly, seek the kingdom. Jesus gave this exchange. Don't, don't worry here, seek there. Number four, quickly, invest eternally. We, we talk about this because Literally, Jesus just said it, where your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We, we give here for the, one of the purposes of our giving, and one of the reasons we talk about it very unapologetically is because we don't want to be 
holding on too tight to this life. I, I, I like my money. I don't hate my money. I like, I like my money. Anybody else like your money? But I give because I don't want my money to hold on too tight to me. I, I want to invest beyond this life. I want to be a generous person because God's been good to me. So I want to go beyond and above and I want to bless because I want to store things where nothing else can get a hold of it. Number five, don't forget that perfect love casts out all fear. Who's perfect love? God's perfect love. God is love. It's his character, his nature. Quickly, uh, no, number six, live with the hope rooted in Christ. Root your hope in Jesus Christ. Back in the day, we sang a song, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus and righteousness. That's where you go. Root everything in Jesus Christ. Number seven, closing out, almost done. Number seven, experience the power of gospel-centered community with empathy. Know the power of community. I want to just say this to you across this house, those online. I know our world in the last two years has done this from each other. And we're lonely and we're anxious and we're nervous. Our kids are that way. Our high school is that way. Talk to our kids ministry. Talk to our J-high teachers and, and leaders and pastors and our high school pastors. You will, you will hear stories of kids who literally today are at a heightened level of anxiety, traumatized by the last two years. And they're all alone. We, we are not made to be alone. The devil likes you alone. In that aloneness is when the fears come in, the anxiety comes in, the stress comes in, the difficulty comes in, the self-doubt comes in, the, the questioning God comes in. All these things begin to start being part of the journey. We're, we're supposed to be here together in this life to give strength and bear with each of those burdens. Um, the great songwriter, prophet, Bobby McFerrin, he said, don't worry, be happy. Jesus said, don't worry, trust God. When worry begins to surface, exchange it for trust in your Father in heaven, who is a good Father.